The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to Igniting the Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I have a very special show today. I'm really thrilled. Instead of just having one guest, I get to have two fabulous guests today. So get ready. And as you get ready today, wherever you're at, take that moment to just stop and pause. It can be as quick as taking a deep breath where we just do that pattern interrupt, where we take that moment out of our day resource ourselves by just taking a deep breath into your heart. Sometimes it's as easy as placing that hand on your heart, breathing into that space and slowly just breathing out what doesn't serve you. And then coming back to this present moment so you can join us for this wonderful conversation. I want you to meet our wonderful hosts. I mean, excuse me, our wonderful <laughs> guest. I'm the host. You're the wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. I'm a wonderful host, and we have wonderful <laughs> guests. And the first is Elaine Park, and she is the author of The Habits of Unity, 12 Months to a Stronger America, One Citizen at a Time. And for 30 years, for 12 Habits Social Unity Model has transformed several million community citizens and youth across the U.S., and in Rwanda, helping them feel more caring and connected to one another. She's an amazing author. She spent 25 years fine-tuning her mass market media skills in corporate America. And then in 1987, she redirected her focus to helping people get along better. My goodness. So as a public speaker, 
violence prevention, conflict management, and mediation, as well as meditation. She has just been a popular speaker in her field of driving health and positive social and civic engagement with managed media strategies. Oh my goodness. So excited to have you here, Elaine. And we have Steve Behrman. So I'm so thrilled to have Steve back again. Steve's an internationally known author, humorist, and workshop leader. And for the past 25 years, he's written and performed as Swami Beyondananda, the cosmic comic. So the Swami's uh, comedy has been called irreverently uplifting and has been described both as comedy disguised as wisdom and wisdom disguised as comedy. And author Marianne Williamson has called him the Mark Twain of our times. So thrilled to have both of you here on The Spark. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Our pleasure, Stephanie, for sure. Well, it's been such a joy to be able to connect with you both. I, I have to share with the audience, for those of you who didn't catch it, I got to be on their wonderful their habits of unity, this wonderful thing that they've been now it's what, and it's, it's going into its fifth month. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what was, what was the genius behind this? How did you two get together and start coming up with this wonderful, more global platform? Let's start with Elaine because she was the originator of this uh, project and I found out about it. So let's, Let's start with her background, and then I'll jump in. As you said, Stephanie, I I started out in corporate America, but my whole life, because of a very abusive childhood, I've had this passion for wanting people to get along better. So I would go to my corporate job with a staff of 12. I'd be influencing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to buy stuff because that was corporate marketing. And then I go to my volunteer work and I would help a child or two children or, and, you know, one night I had the, the awakening, the aha, I mean, the light came into my head and, you know, and this voice said to me, Elaine, you know, because after I would be volunteering, I would always, I would be happy that I was successful, but I would think to myself, you know, it's the starfish story. Have you ever heard the starfish story about how the little boy is throwing the starfish into the back to the sea that are stranded on the beach one at a time? And the old man said, you know, the old man says, well, you, you know, you're never going to get all the starfish. And the little boy said, but I saved that one. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the way we've worked in the world up to now. But if you know how to do managed media, you know, you can reach a lot of people and sort of save all the starfish. So this vision said, Elaine, why don't you, you know, why don't you use the skills that you have in in corporate life and use it to achieve your lifelong dream, which is to encourage people to get along better, which translated into cosmic terms is cosmic oneness and unity. But, you know, we talk about cosmic unity and and unity and coming together, but nobody ever like, like says, what is that? You know, what is that in in practical day to day? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this terms. In business, you you learn systems. Actually, one of the quotes that inspires me the most is by Martin Luther King, who says, those who want peace must learn to be as organized as those who want war. 
And and basically the 12 habits is an organized plan to make each month of the year a brand name for one of 12 aspects of, of the golden rule of getting along better, of universal oneness, you know, however you want to describe it. And it just so happens that those months stand for the about amount of time it takes to make a habit. Like this month for years now, how many years did you say, Steve? 50 years we've been celebrating. 53 Earth. years, I think. Three years. But you know, you're not going to make a habit in one day. So, you know, in the in the 12 habits protocol, we make take care of our environment the theme for the whole month. So in my book, there's a half a page reading you know, for each day, but and even though each reading is a little different for all 30 days of April, they're all a little different perspective on the idea of, of taking care of your environment. If you take a minute, I'll just read you today. Yeah. Yes. Love it. So on April 28th, the quote for the day is though I have looked everywhere, I can find nothing lowly in the universe. Today, I nourish my habit to take care of our environment. There's nothing lowly in the universe or in our neighborhood or in our own household. You have 1,440 minutes each day to uplift and take care of your family and your own household. This is where earth stewardship begins. And then every day has a little tip, something you might do to support that habit. So go to a favorite place in your own home and appreciate what you have there. Clean it, dust it, sort it through, keep stuff, what you need, and pass what you don't on to others. Um, how long did it take me to read that? 45 seconds? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so beautiful. I, I just love that. That's just April 28th. And the thing about it is when we begin with the, you know, with the mantra, I nourish my habit. So as this grows and people are internally spreading the resonance of the, of caring for our earth and it's spreading and resonating internally in the ways that we, you know, we're very familiar with, but then also trans. So it's it's sort of the marriage of the internal resonance with the practical practice. That's what makes the 12 habits unique. Steve, why don't you tell your story if I met you? It's a little like how we met Stephanie. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, <laughs> years ago, uh, on the more serious side, I wrote a book with Bruce Lipton, Spontaneous Evolution, Our Positive Future, and a Way to Get There from Here. And we uh, we set out a three-step plan to actually have that happen. Evolutionary awareness, which is being aware that what we're going through the crisis that we're going through is really a evolutionary crisis, evolutionary intention, our intention to participate positively in this conscious evolution and evolutionary practice. And that seems to be the difficult one because uh, so many people believe in evolution. They recognize where we're at. They recognize that change needs to be made. They want to participate, but there seem to be very, very few ways that people can consciously practice evolution. So I have a podcast with uh, Michael Maxenti called Front and Center, Off the Political Battlefields and Onto the Cooperative Playing Fields. And a year ago, February, uh, we were delighted to interview Elaine as a guest. And as I listened to what these 12 habits were, 
what this practice was, this practical application of the golden rule in the real world, I went, oh my God, this is the practice of evolution. This is how we can consciously go out into the world every day in a big world where we're thinking, you know, it's very hard to make a difference. What can one person do? But when we think about what can all of us do together, we can coherently cohere around these uh, these intentional practices that change, if not the world at large, then the world that's small, the people who we interact with. And so I got the idea that maybe uh, Elaine and I could co-lead a class uh, for humanity's team. And that day I got an email out of the clear blue from humanity's stream, which is their, um, uh, their membership organization with evergreen products. And uh, the, the person there asked me, he says, got any ideas? So I figured, you know, that is one of those um, synchro destiny moments where the universe is calling us forth to put this into practice. So we do have a program that we're running on Humanity Stream. Stephanie, you are our first guest in January uh, in our Zoom party, where we go deeper into uh, into the habits. And we're finding that people who are on the call really, really value this time to uh, explore the habits, how they can practice them, how other people are practicing them. And our intention is to create each month as an intentional community of practice where the people there are actually playing, working and playing together to practice these uh, amazing habits. I can tell you one story. In March, which is in March, the habit is resolve conflicts. And um, at the time last year, uh, there was a a conflict that I had with, with a couple of people, basically uh, cultural differences and political differences around the uh, around the lockdown and so on. And I took that resolve conflicts. I took it on. I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I reached out to the two people and uh, uh, absolutely was able to re-engage uh, our friendships, perhaps at a deeper level than before. You know, there's nothing bad about conflict. You know, life life has conflicts, but when we use these conflicts to grow and expand, it really serves as a inspiration for our for ourselves and example for other people. I love that, Steve. You know, it reminds me of the work I do with my couples in my psychotherapy practice that we talk about in conflict. When you have conflict, if we can drop, I, we, I call it the eighteen inch journey from our head mm-hmm. into our hearts. Yes. then we can really have the goal be connection and understanding. And we can actually disagree. We can actually have different points of view. But when the the what you're doing, like with the habits of unity, it's like, how can we understand each other? How right. can we connect that being the essential piece? Exactly so- right. I mean, it, for instance, March is not, don't have any conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Marches resolve conflicts. I mean, it takes the habits. I I wish we had uh, our production guy Kurt Griffith isn't with us today. But if I I if I I could just tell him and he would be able to put up all twelve of the habits on our screen for you. I probably should have arranged that before today. But January is help others, uh, and because what happened was I had the idea about how the months could be 
brand names for 12 aspects of, of getting along together. And the, all together, they're sort of organic. And some of the months are personal development, you know, like you count or um, be patient and listen. And then some of the months are relationship, you know, relationship oriented, like resolve conflicts, um, help others. But I had the idea, but in the first town that I started it in, in, in Southwestern Pennsylvania, I kind of, a leader in the community brought like 35 or 40 people together. And I explained how I had this idea. And so they said, well, we'd like to try it. And then a small group of 10 or 12 representing the whole community, you know, the uh, owner of a local radio station, uh, guidance counselors, some students, uh, the mayor, the head of the ministerial association spent almost eight or nine months meeting together. So the, the, the actual 12 habits were sort of like crowdsourced, meaning that they came out of the, the connection of the your 18 inch connection of the heart and the mind of 12 people in this small little town. And that was 30 years ago. And these 12 habits have stood the test of time. Not once in 30 years has anyone ever came up to me and said, well, Elaine, I don't, I don't agree with being grateful, which happens to be me. You know, or <laughs> the theory behind this is that the path to to getting to getting into the resolution of the issues that are drawing this country so far apart is that if we if we can spend more uh, devote more of our messaging to, to 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 the things that we don't have that we all have in common that we're not separate about i mean we all have gratitude and, and the need for gratitude in common we all have the need to care for our environment in common. We all, you know, there was all 12 are called, 12, I call them 12 aspects of the, of the golden rule. And what makes them different is that they're actionable. I mean, the a golden rule is 4,000 years old, originally attributed to the Egyptian or the Sumerian sun god, Utu in 2350 BC. But here we are 4,000 years later. I mean, is the golden rule dominating the way the world runs or is it the rule of gold? And it's because the rule of, because the golden rule isn't, you know, you can't just turn and do it. It's broad. It's a principle. It's a standard. So that by breaking it down into the 12 components, you know, you can actually Steve can call up his friend and resolve a conflict because he gets a little, some little thing gets in his head. This is March. I should resolve conflicts. So that's what makes the 12 habits workable and doable and, and a practical practice that can expand and, and marry the head heart connection and the internal resonance with the outward practice on one month at a time. Yeah. I mean, that's the essential piece here, because I think that we've heard a lot of people theorizing and we can all get together and agree. Yes. You know, we right. want this to be a better planet. Yes. We want to get along with each other. You know, yes, we want more peace and not know how to get there from here. So this is just a beautiful book and a beautiful practice. And this whole coming together with humanities team, such a wonderful platform for putting this into practice, for having those through your book, you know, these beautiful steps. It's a roadmap. It's a GPS of how we get from here to there. As Steve calls it, it's a playful path. 
I like a, it. A playful path to unity. And and Steve has absolutely put the playfulness in it. You know, when we have our when we have our monthly parties, we play a little b- bit of him being the Swami and bringing his Swami wisdom to the monthly habits. And de- definitely the playful piece of it has been highly um, enriched by the partnership that, you know, we now have together and bringing, taking this forward. That's wonderful. And Steve, for you, talk about May's habit, because when this broadcast comes out, oh. it's going to be May. Oh, well, oh, May. Oh, well, see, you're, you're a month behind there. We, we get the other, uh, the other background up. Uh, May is be grateful. May is about gratitude. And there's so much. And interestingly, our interviewee for the Zoom party is going to be our partner, Kurt Griffith, who is bringing the Native American tradition uh, to bear in terms of gratitude being essentially the ground of being that that we're, that they're on. And I find that gratitude and grace go together really well. That the more that the more you allow yourself to feel gratitude for what for you know the, the you know the Tibetan Buddhist mantra, you know, I, I am grateful for everything. Doesn't matter. I'm grateful for everything. Because you recognize that everything is part of your your life, your life's past, your life learning. And uh, life is full of change. And the more we can be grateful, the more we can bring grace into our lives. More great, I find that that's really, uh, you know, in practicing gratitude, not only remembering I'm grateful for this and making a laundry list of everything you're grateful for, feeling that gratitude, feeling that feeling in, in your heart and in your body actually reminds you of all of the other things that are that we take for granted that we're grateful for. So I I, I find that w- when you see people who are truly grateful, you look at them and you go, wow, I'll have what they're having. Yeah. And isn't it true? I mean, these these days, I say in air quotes, these days, <laughs> we're, we're, we're able to measure frequency of emotions. And so the highest frequency is gratitude. Right. And so, you know, I really hear what you're saying, Steve. It's not just, oh, I'm thankful for this car and I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for this. It's really marinating in our hearts and really bringing the frequency of gratitude mm-hmm. into Very this true. moment. Yeah. And, and how that then changes things for us. Changes our point of reference too, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the focus is on, uh, on what it is that we love rather than what it is that we don't want. Uh, and, and in doing that, you know, it's kind of like that old, you know, uh, count your blessings, uh, you know, that song, uh, count your blessings instead of sheep and so on. And I think that that's really, really a good reminder for how much, for how amazing it is to be alive and uh, be connected with other people, be in the web of life and the web of love. And uh, that that vibrate, it's really good that you brought that up, that vibration of gratitude magnetizes more of the same, I find. That's been my experience too, Steve. Absolutely. How about you, Elaine? How, how has gratitude worked in your life? Well, as you can see, I worked uh, the technical magic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> your, your audience will probably get a big kick out of this, but you show it next time. <laughs> so for those of you that can't see it and are just listening, Elaine was able to change her background and now it says May's habit. <laughs> Practice is be grateful. Exactly. And and if you notice, you know, along the left, obviously you're you can see um every month has a color. So, you know, one of the playful things about the habits is that um is that, you know, I would all go into a school or somewhere in a community where it's operating and someone will come up and say, oh, look, I painted my my fingernails the color of the month. And my own closet looks like a, a consignment store because I have my clothes organized by, you know, by the month. And I try to wear the color of the month and, you know, even a little accessory or something. And people, I mean, there's just, you know, once people begin to get into this, you know, to the celebrate, I mean, we're, we're celebrating it. And, and I think as Steve, Steve was saying, gratitude is at the heart of it because gratitude, if there was a synonym for love, it's gratitude and, and love and gratitude is the connective tissue. When, when, when we, when we just, I, I go for a walk in the neighborhood and it's been spring and it's just been gorgeous. And, I can just feel myself fall into that gratitude of it's a bliss. You know, you're not even in your body. You, 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 you feel like your body is, is in the, the buds and the flowers and the trees and, and all around you. And you, you diffuse into it. And it's, it's that feeling of gratitude for what's around you and what's, what's important. So that certainly may is a very important month in the, but, Every month, I every month I tell whoever I'm talking to, well, this is the most important month. <laughs> I was just thinking that, Elaine. I'm like, I wonder what your favorite habit is. If you have a month that's your favorite, or are all of them? The month I need the most as a person is October, which is be patient and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You mean I have to wait until October to be patient? <laughs> come on i want to be patient now <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> in, in, in the book you know in the introduction to the chapters it, believe me it says you know like it, it says be grateful in may and all year long you know we want to make sure people know they don't just quit being whatever it is when the month goes by obviously this is a so the as the years go on, I mean, this is meant to go on forever. People have said to me, like in schools and things, well, isn't this going to get boring? You know, if make comes back every year is be grateful. And I'm saying, well, are you bored with Thanksgiving? You know, are you bored with Valentine's Day? You know, they come back every year and every year, you know, you, everybody celebrates them differently and in their own ways. Um, I mean, the, the, the way in communities where this is, worked and believe me it has worked we've done we've had nine over the 30 years we've had nine um university independent and university studies of the efficacy both um in community-wide and in schools and in community-wide and what's interesting is over even a long many years apart the data is almost identical in taken in different communities over after almost two years of activity in a community where the people see it everywhere and the merchants are involved and everybody's reading the book and it's active on the social media. Um, two thirds of the people said that more, more than two thirds, 72% said they feel more connected and cared about in their community. 
And over 30% said that when they were remind, they saw a habit reminder, they had actually improved or acted, improved their behavior. In schools, um, detentions have gone down. One school detentions went down 62% in one year. Um, court dockets went down in one community, saving it $160,000 in that year. You know, bad things are expensive. One one detention in a school is estimated to cost the school systems $1,000. So as this moves and begins to get out and, and begins to get in the media and Eventually, the cost can be paid for by the monetary costs of things that don't happen. You know, the lawsuits, the divorces, you know, the things that don't happen will can pay to, to keep the messaging in front of people, the positive messaging in front of people. And of course, the reduction in human suffering is will be inestimable. Inestimable, but that's a hard word. You can't even estimate it. That's how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, did you want to add anything to that before we go to break? Yeah, I'd like I'd like to say that um, you know we tend to think of change as something big that comes from the top down. We're waiting for you know uh, in- intervention by the Messiah or ETs or God forbid technology. And um, what this really is is a grassroots individual awakening we call it an upwising because people wake up and wise up from the grassroots up and in beginning to practice heaven on earth we created it's a practice it's not a uh, a destination so once we begin to take agency as practitioners then these habits become playful ways to remind ourselves as elaine said earlier uh either ways of uh really going deeper with ourselves or and or serving other people. Yeah, such an essential message for our time, such essential practices for our time. So I'm so grateful to you both. We are going to continue to ignite the spark with Elaine Park and Steve Behrman right when we return. So come on back to Igniting the Spark. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am here with Elaine Park and Steve Behrman. And we are talking about the 12 Habits of Unity and the wonderful Humanities Team project that's happening. I, I am just so thrilled to have you all on the show. And during the break, Elaine and I were visiting about that she actually is a mental nutritionist and the importance of this. Now we've heard of nutritionalists, but a mental nutritionist, that's really vital. Talk about what that means, Elaine. Well, the idea is that every community has a climate. 
that we live in. Everyone lives in it. And no one knows how to address the climate. So they address the problems, you know, drug, alcohol, crime, poverty, whatever the whatever the problems are. And, and obviously mental health or, you know, lack of mental health and the people need. So what the habits do in, in both personally, if you if, if it's just the 12 Habits of Unity book, it's happening to you personally. But when it's happening in a community or in a school, the habits are in the climate and they're uplifting the climate. So they're creating a healthier climate for someone who's struggling to lift themselves up. It's not a replacement for professional mental health help. But if people who are receiving mental health support are in this climate, it's going to help them be more successful. We all talk about physical. I mean, nutrition is always ascribed to physical, what you eat, you know, the vegetables, the whatever, whatever. And yet we're completely ignoring the fact that we're allowing mental junk, horrible, horrible mental junk to come into us all the time. And that we need to really invent we need to think in terms of our own mental nutrition. I mean, we know about meditation and you know, we meditate. Those of us who are aware, working on enlightenment, you know, we are working on it. I mean, I meditate every day. I'm sure you do too. So, you know, I've been working on it in those kind of ways. And many people are not, and they are not thinking at all about the junk they're allowing in and how they need to, um, they need, they need to take in positive mental message, messaging equally. You know, there's a an old uh, Cherokee parable about a grandfather telling the story to his grandson about the two wolves inside of us, the wolf of love and the wolf in fear that are vying to, to control us. And the grandfather's telling the story and finally the grandson says, but grandpa, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, it's the wolf you feed. That and, always gives me the chills. Yeah. And and the and the climate that we're in in America, especially today, is absolutely feeding the wolf of negativity and division and fear. And the 12 Habits of Unity is designed to give us a way, an organized way to begin feeding the wolf of love in the physical world at the same time as we're nurturing oneness, you know, in our spiritual and in our hearts. I love your 18 inch thing. I'm not going to forget that (laughs) between the head and the heart. I love it. Thank you. Well, and I'm really resonating with this, Elaine, you know, one of the things that I have challenged my clients with and that I've done myself um, is something that I, I call a 30 day challenge where what we do, it's exactly what you talked about, what you spoke of is for 30 days to really be conscious and aware of what we're listening to, what we put our attention to. And, I, and the analogy I've used, I love yours much better about you know the wolves, because for me, I, I said, well, think of us, if we're a computer, what are we going to download? We don't right. want to download a virus. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you don't want to be watching negative news. You don't want to be watching, you know, hack them up, you know, horror movies. It's, it's what do I want to listen to? What do I want to watch? What do I want to bring my attention to? And what do I intentionally, like you're talking about, like meditation or mantra or whatever it is that I'm listening to, what do I want to download 
in my system so that again, I'm vibrating at the highest level possible. So how wonderful that, you know, the, the 30 days of unity go, or, you know, I mean, this month to month unity practice goes perfectly with that. So we can focus on, okay, if, if may, what I'm downloading is gratitude, how can yes. I daily, you know, I love it that it's a daily reader as well, that your book's this daily reader. So how can I really have this be my focus? So what I'm doing is cultivating this well-being. Absolutely. So you're doing, as you said, you're doing two things. You're, you're, you're trying to reduce the amount of negative messaging that you allow into at the same time as you find a way like the habits of unity, the book habits that talk, the habits of unity to, to increase the amount of messaging that comes into you that is positive and uplifting is going to nourish you. So you want to do both. And really, I kind of think the concept of mental nutrition, I probably coined it. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if we're looking at the holistic health, right. You know, mind, body, spirit, soul. I mean, maybe the habits of unity could, could be considered the first mental nutrition cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. How to cook mental health <laughs> one month at a time. <laughs> well, and Steve, when, when we were on break too, you were, you were talking about a project that you and Elaine are working on. What's, what's happening? I want to piggyback first off of what, uh, what Elaine said about this mental nutrition. And yeah, there is an invisible culture of separation. And that invisible culture of separation is programmed to us through the media, through um, legacy belief systems uh, that we're not conscious of, that reverberate trauma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, like, you know, water for fish and bird and, and air for birds. We don't recognize that. And so uh, so many people are concerned about climate change. And we realize in order to deal with any issue like that, any political or social issue, we need political and social climate change, warmer right. hearts and cooler heads, right? Love it. So in keeping with that, Elaine came up with this really brilliant idea of how to bring kinship back to, of all places, Washington, D.C. Uh, going back to, and she'll tell you more about this, but um, she was one of those people back in the 1990s who was a transcendental meditation practitioner who actually went to Washington, D.C. as part of this program to reduce crime through having a critical mass of meditators there during the month of August when crime normally goes up and they were successful. And so this project to bring kinship, as Swami calls it, let's put the civil back in civilization. Uh, right. This project to bring kinship is something that uh, Elaine and I are working with uh, a neighborhood organization in Washington, D.C., earmarking three neighborhoods where we can actually put this into practice and have those people, those ordinary people in these neighborhoods, be the demonstration to show the world what's possible when we focus on that spiritual and mental nutrition. That is so fabulous. It's it's reminded me, I just got done a little bit ago reading Lynn McTaggart's book, The Power of Eight. And right. so I, I swear I read that research about that meditation and how it brought yeah. the crime rate down significantly yes. um, in her book and the power of this combined intention 
and combined purpose and the literally, you know, statistical difference. I mean, this is like scientifically researched. This is not just, oh, this is a neat idea. Yeah. Like this is real. The 12 habits is exactly the same thing as that in that the reason they were successful is that the we were meditating on peace, you know, reconciliation. We were sending the resolve conflict technically messages out into the, into the resonant resonant universe all around Washington, DC to people who had no idea what we were doing. So clearly, you know, it wasn't the people who stopped doing the crime who were involved in the project. (laughs) They were receiving the resonance. And that's why, because the habits like that are specific, they were sending a specific resonance into the, into their meditating when they were in Washington. So that's why the 12 habits by sending a specific resonance out each month, then it can actually create the change that can't happen when we just say, well, we all want to be one, you know, we're after, we're after oneness and common consciousness. I mean, oneness and common consciousness is, is meaningless because you can't do it. And of course, that's one of the things I learned way back in my marketing career, back in corporate marketing. You know, you have to ask people to do things that are actionable. And the golden rule isn't really actionable. And, and oneness isn't actionable. And coherence isn't actionable. But being grateful is. Taking care of your environment is. And that's, that's what makes this very practical as well as workable. And while we're really excited about the DC project, I mean, this organization in D.C. came on board within, what, 10 days? And the the campaign, it's going to be named a campaign, and we're going to the media there in D.C., hoping we can get on media, and it's going to be called Make Kinship Cool in D.C. by 2025. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love (laughs) that. Well, and it's so exciting because... Through these actionable steps, people can really get on board with this. And to me too, Elaine, when I hear you talking about this, it also, I think, empowers the individual. Again, like that each individual, I, you know, one of my messages through my film and through some of my books is your healing matters. Yes. And I mean, because as each one of us comes to learn these 12 habits and practices these 12 habits, you are vibrating at a different level. You are showing up in the world in a different way. And that makes a difference. That's, that's that effect that becomes, you know, the ripples that then are felt, you know, in your community, in your family, you know, not just within you. So it really does matter. Well, the fact is, it's absolutely not going to happen any other way. I mean, you are so correct that, that it will not happen any other way. Um, when I would go into schools sometimes with inner city schools with kids having um, adjudicated kids, you know, kids with a lot of problems. And so sometimes I'd be in a classroom of 18, 20 kids, 25 kids maybe. And I'd say to them, how many of you feel like you, you matter, like you're important. And I, I mean, out of a class of 25 kids, sometimes maybe only five or six would raise their hand. And I would say to them, I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. So I tell them I need an accountant. I'd bring one of the kids up and I'd say, now I I'd give him a pencil and paper. And I said, and I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to, it's only 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to ask each 
each student, how many people they've interacted with from the time they opened their eyes this morning in, in their house, in their household, you know, whatever. And I want you to keep count. And so I would go around the room and the, each child would say how many people they had, whose lives they'd touched so far that day. When it all added up, those 25 kids, and, and it's only 1130 in the morning, and they'd already touched the lives of between five and 600 people. I said, how can you possibly think you don't matter? And then I would ask the kids how many think how many thought they matter, and the whole class raised their hands. So wonderful. I love that. Well, and so I'm so excited about this project. When does this kick off in Washington, DC? When do you start? Soft launch will be in, in October, but we'll, you know, it'll be full launch January. It's it, I mean, you can you can hop in. I mean, someone can order the Habits of Unity book tomorrow and get it three days from now and hop in. I mean, there's nothing that makes January 1st sacrosanct, except that, you know, we're so ingrained to think that the new year starts. <laughs> so, so we'll probably kick it off the first of the new year. Although we like to say, this is not a new year's resolution. This is 12 monthly resolutions. You know, we've kind of turned it into that. Yeah. I love it. So then it's present. Yeah. Thank Steve. You. You know, we're also we're also looking at this uh, Vanguard project, uh, the uh, of the Washington D.C. as a way of sparking other communities to start doing the same thing, uh, to begin practicing even a, a, in a small group. You can do it in your town. You can do it in your your church or spiritual group. You can do it in your business. Uh, and what we want to do is uh, we want to actually up, update the 12 Habits book by adding some of the results of people practicing these so that we give people ideas for what they can take and use in their lives and communities. We want this to be an ongoing intentional community of practice where the practice gets deeper and deeper for each month and people know, oh, it's, uh, it's March. Here's some of the things that I'm going to do this month uh, and how I'm going to spark those changes. So again, m people becoming more conscious about, uh, first of all, about the habit for that month, having it in their awareness, like Elaine was talking about the meditators setting an intention. Well, that's one level, He's setting an intention of a field, very important, creating a field that somehow impacts the behavior of people subconsciously. At the same time, actual physical practices that make a difference in the world, where you can measure that by somebody's response to your action, a smile, somebody changing the way they walk and feel in the world because they've been touched in a positive way. And like those starfish, uh, you may not be able to get everybody, but it'll make a difference to the ones that you do get. Yeah. Just take Steve's, what Steve is saying. My dream is that March will eventually be national. Imagine if March was National Resolve Conflicts Month and there were 30-second radio and television spots on everything, not only on the public broadcasting media, but, you know, all the ads on the social media and everything was all just little spots. You know, this is the month to resolve conflict. Imagine if you could go into a store and, and the people that make cards had a rack <laughs> so you could card to send to somebody that you've been on the outs with, you know, to reason. I mean, imagine if resolving conflicts 
was resonating nationally all over the country. Imagine what this, what that would do to the culture of division and separation and, and hatred and anger that we're living in now. This is so exciting, you two. The, the potential for this and the projection for this is, is huge. And so I can't believe that we are out of time. This has been such a joy to be with both of you. Before we wrap up, I just want to give you a chance. If there's an essential message that you want to leave with the audience, Steve, I'll start with you. What is, what is it that you want to make sure that the message you're leaving? That we all are very powerful in our intentions and actions in our daily life. And that, uh, again, to reiterate, heaven is not a destination. It's a practice. How do we, how do we get to heaven? We start each day there. Beautiful. Elaine? Well, I think it's more the same of what Steve is saying. And that is what I want to invite every, I mean, yes, there's my book, The Habits of Unity, but our website is 12habitsforallofus.org. And the 12 is a number and the four is the number. 12habitsforallofus.org. And on that website is all the habits, and we're, I, I'm just inviting everybody. Can you please? I mean, the heading, if you read, when you go to the website, it says mm-hmm. all of this works, but then the next line says, but not without you. So I'm inviting all of your listeners. Can you open your morning meditation with a focus on, on the monthly habits? Can you put your mind, your 18 inches connecting <laughs> in your heart? In, into that monthly focus. Can you be part of the resonating? Because that's the only way it's going to grow because the only way we're going to heal is if each one of us commits just a tiny little bit of our time and energy to come together in an organized way, as Martin Luther King said, to make goodness and unity and caring about one another and cosmic coherence real in the day-to-day life of people here living here on earth. It's possible. And I love it. This is a beautiful pathway there. Steve and Elaine, thank you so much for being here with me. Always a joy, such a privilege. Thank you. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.